how's it going, fellow students? We yeah. are all high school age. Teens. <laughs> uh, this is Wildcat Minute, the high school musical podcast. We're the amateur nerds. I'm Condra. And I'm Tyler Boudreaux, talking about high school musical one minute at a time. We are on minute 10 right now. Minute 10. Uh, which How long is the movie in total? One hour and 38 minutes long. Okay. So. So we'll have 98 or 99 episodes of this podcast. Oh, yeah. I know. That's good. Um. Which is more, we're, we're growing into our podcasting. We started with a shorter film and now we're That was 87 minutes, yeah. So, minute 10, what happens in it, Condra? So, it starts out with Principal Matsui saying that he reviewed Gabriella's transcript. And it ends with Miss Darbus yelling, Mr. Danforth. <laughs> who is Chad? Who is Chad? Or are we doing a... To Chad or not to Chad. <laughs> I, I thought you were doing... Um... A Jeopardy answer, like, who is Chad? <laughs> Could be. Okay, so yeah, so we start with Gabriella and the principal. Yep, so we finish up this whole encounter between Gabriella, her mom, and the principal as they're walking down the hallway. It's very lonely. They're, yeah. The three of them are just kind of The principal talking. says, like, yeah, I reviewed your transcripts, and your, your, your star will shine brightly here at East High. Yeah. But and Gabriella doesn't want to shine brightly. No, she's tired of being the freaky genius girl, which... Bold of her to assume that she will continue that. <laughs> well, if people call her a genius, like, if that's how they make fun of her, like, regardless of how smart she is, like, that that is something to be sensitive about, theoretically. But, yeah. yeah. I mean, we'll find out later why she's known as Freaky Genius Girl in past schools. But, yeah, she she conveys to her mother she doesn't want this reputation anymore. Yeah. And her uh, mother... Reputation, cur- reputation, reputation. That's a Shakespeare quote. From Othello. Indeed. <laughs> and Thanks for engaging. Okay. Yeah. I mean, and her, well, her, you interrupted my, my, my thought process, so now I'm, like, trying to get back. Uh, her mother tells her to just be Gabriella, which is a lovely thing, like, very good parenting. Yeah. Like, well, I think once again we see this thing where just Gabriella's mom is right about the plot of the movie. Yeah. <laughs> no. Uh, her mother knows, has lived her life and knows better. Um, well, she said earlier, like, you might meet someone who, I, I don't, what, what did she say in, like, that opening minute or so? Oh, gosh. It was on the idea of, like, you might have fun and you oh, might yeah. actually meet some people. Yeah. And, like. And, again, she, again, which I'm assuming is the plot of the movie based on my knowledge of, like, the existence of the song, Stick to the Status Quo. is like, no, do, like, it doesn't matter, like, what other people think of you or, like, what social group you get put in. Like, just being yourself and, like, doing what you want to do and. Making friends, like, genuinely is what's important. And so, yet again, the mom is correct here. Man, if we all just listened to our mothers more, do you think things would be better? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. If we listen to Gabriella's mother, maybe. <laughs> yeah, let's listen to Gabriella's mother. I think that's the moral of the story. We got it. Okay. So, we, so, Gabrielle follows the principal up to her home room. And she, like, oh. looks back. Anakin Skywalker style. Yep. She's never going to see her mother again (laughs) alive. (laughs) But let me just really quickly introduce the principal who, this is the only time we really see him in this movie. He comes back in the third movie. So this is Principal Matsui, played by Joey Miyashima. He has been in a bunch of TV shows, TV movies, like theatrical releases, I think where I knew him from was Karate Kid 2. He plays one of, like, the backup characters 
for the bully in that movie. Okay. Uh, so he's just kind of one of the extra guys always in the background. I thought it'd be interesting if he was my favorite character in that movie, Mustache Man. He's not Mustache Man. <laughs> Sad. I know. And then One day I'm going to find out who Mustache Man is, though. <laughs> I'm going to lose it. And then he also plays a character in Pee-wee's Playhouse. He's one of Pee-wee's pen pals. Is he a recurring character or no. does he just pop up once? Just once. But, I mean, the cult-like nature of Pee-wee's Playhouse and the way people know of that show. In, yeah. in the way, like, I would say Pee-wee's Playhouse, it's not quite Avatar The Last Airbender, but it's, like, on that idea that, like, people that know it know it well. It's kind of Star Trek-y. Like, yeah. it's one of those cult things that, like, yeah. those that are involved are... Yeah, I don't, I don't know where the Avatar comparison was going because it's very two different def- generational things. But I think, it, like, in today... I, I would say Pee-wee is one of, like, a path... Like, it's... Avatar is the current version of Pee Wee in some ways. I don't think that no. lines up at all. Okay. No. Okay. Well, it is. It's one of those cult TV shows that yeah. people know of yeah. very well. And yeah, they're both classic TV shows, but I just think the way people engage with them is different. So uh, that's kind of the principle. He doesn't make any more appearances in this movie, as yeah. far as I can remember. Yeah. So. And so we cut to. The classroom. Uh, The new classroom, which is a very confusing shot because we cut to a a drama classroom or a theater classroom. So, like, the the classroom is decorated with these, like, huge curtains, not just in the front of the room, but over the windows, too. And the the ceilings are very tall. Um, And it's very confusing for me watching it for the first time to figure out what room they're in because i thought like for a second i thought they were in like a like a di- like a dining room at a mansion like because i <laughs> didn't know what was going on yeah. and then i see that they're in like these like chair desk things that are in high schools where everything's attached and i eventually figured it out obviously yeah i think it doesn't help that the initial camera shot entering the room you're already in the room you're kind of right next as if you were to the right of the door and you're following this random person walk across the screen and finally like coming across Chad, Troy and Jason all in your sight line. And Gabrielle is in the background with the teacher, with the teacher, Miss Starbus yeah, or Miss Starbus. She hands her a form. Yeah. And then there's also this very, um, disruptive thing where like someone hits the basketball out of Chad's hand and it like happens like, like not even like in the foreground, but like, like right in front of the camera, which is like very disorienting. Yeah, it is. It is a very weird shot, but then, I think the camera moves just slightly enough that you, like, kind of get your bearings and Yeah. And then, yeah, so, so Troy is talking to a random Jason. guy. Jason. And Jason's asking him what he remembered from the night before. And Troy says, all he remembers is this pink jelly. <laughs> if, <laughs> no idea what's a, going you on. You want to make up a story about this? It might be something about a dream he had. It could be, or it could be like, oh, the part, like maybe someone was wearing jelly bracelets, but that wasn't a thing during the mid-2000s, so that doesn't make sense. Yeah. I think it's just kind of throwaway dialogue that you only really notice in a minute like this. Yeah, especially because there's other people talking over him. It's a very loud scene that, and there's so much going on visually that you kind of don't even, and also we have the subtitles on, which like it says pink jelly and you're like, what? Yeah, I think I think the visual thing is the more important thing because it's like we're looking at Gabriella being right behind Troy and there's like this dramatic irony of like, oh, when they see each other, there'll be like a thing. But of course, she walks by him and doesn't see him. She only sees the back of his head. 
And Troy... But Troy does see her, but he's kind of like... He's blocked by Sharpay. Yeah. Sharpay, like, swoops in and is like, hey, Troy. And this is one of the weirdest... I don't like this camera angle. I don't know what it is about it. It's like a super close-up as if Sharpay were to, like, come into your own face and be like, hey, Troy. Well, I think that's how we're meant to feel from Troy's perspective. Yeah. It's like, she kind of just pops straight up. I just think for a TV movie, it's unexpected. Yeah. This is a thing I'm confused about, because I guess it's just an aspect of the movie I'm not aware of. Is Sharpay supposed to be into Troy? Yes. Okay. Because Troy's dreamy. I mean, Troy is dreamy, but I, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I never pictured Sharpay as like, I didn't picture it as a love, like a love triangle aspect it's to the movie. It's not really, but it is this, I think, so you know how there's this stereotype thing of like the popular, the most popular guy has to be with the most popular girl or like. The most handsome, pretty, yeah. uh, well, aesthetically like sh- appealing <laughs> people need to be together. It seems like Sharpay thinks that because she's yes. the most popular girl, she must be going out with the most popular guy. Exactly. Okay. Troy does not necessarily see it that way. Yeah. Fair. So Sharpay interrupts and then all of a sudden it starts to quiet down and they all find their seats yeah. as Miss Darbus starts speaking can and you spell the teacher's name? D-A-R-B-U-S. Okay, Miss Darbus. It's very hard to understand. Okay. Yeah, Miss Darbus. Not married. Um, I couldn't say tell if you were saying Jarvis or Darvis <laughs> or Yeah, Darbus. Okay. And she is played by Allison Reed, who has been in a bunch of TV shows. Um, a couple TV movies. She also does like voiceover for video games, including like World of Warcraft stuff. And she, her first role, and one of, I would say what it would be considered a big role, she's a named character in the movie The Chorus Line. She's Cassie. Okay, so, like so the music- movie adaptation of the musical Chorus Line. Correct. What year did that come out? 1985. 1985. And that was her first role. So it seems like she might have been a theater person before then. Potentially, I didn't dig too much into her, but yeah, she she definitely like has musical background, and then since then has done like voice and TV. Yeah. And, um, a lot of TV shows. It's like a lot of one-off roles and TV yeah. shows. Well, she might be working mostly in the theater, but then occasionally gets work. Yeah. In but TV. she is pretty consistent, though. Yeah. Like, she does have consistent roles and things. Yeah. And it makes sense for her, like, as a theater teacher. Do they, in this movie, do they call it theater or drama? Uh, drama. Okay. I guess that... But, I, I mean, they also talk about, like, the theater. She Miss Jarvis, and this is one thing that I don't know, because I wasn't a theater person, other than I enjoy going to theaters and seeing performances you never took a drama class in high school you never have like nope i have i was in chorus in middle school that was the extent of my musical abilities but she like uses that what i would consider a kind of obnoxious theater accent that i don't know if that's a thing that actual theater people use i feel like it's not no but it's the sort of thing that like high school theater teachers do use (laughs) okay because she says musical yeah that's really annoying (laughs) yeah so she's talking about the winter musicale and the other opportunities available to the students that are now available on sign-up sheets in the lobby. Yeah, well, she she does this weird thing where, like, it makes sense for the um, the pacing of the film, but she just kind of really starts talking. Oh, she doesn't like the students. Yeah. Well, she says, like, I'm assuming you all had good uh, vacations. And she says, Mr. Bolton. Troy Bolton? Is that Mr. his name? Mr. Bolton, yeah. 
that <laughs> the thing where you just say a student's name and that's meant to tell them to do something in this case sit down properly in a seat yeah he was actually looking at gabriella yeah he had finally like seen like made i not eye contact but like made visual yeah but that kind of like dismissive thing of like i'm assuming you all had good breaks like you know you could just ask like it's important for students to know that like their their experiences are important and valued and you know giving students the opportunity to 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 share their own thoughts and feelings as opposed to dismissing them before they you know as a theater teacher too like (laughs) yeah I agree. No, I agree with you. But it's this thing that like Darvis does not care. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it's it's the also this kind of like the in a movie like this, like it's very important to just kind of express a person's character traits and like as quickly as possible. And you really do get it with Miss Darvis because it's like, OK, she's a teacher. She's a little dismissive. She has this kind of theater accent on. Okay, I get her. Yeah, and it's like the fact that she's on a throne in the front of her yeah. classroom, surrounded by curtains and like the happy sat. I, there's like a name for the masks, the happy and sad um, drama masks. I don't know what it is. Um, yeah. Um, she also kind of ha- is like dressed like very. She's got. She's always got shawls and like yeah. layers and like flowing fabric. Yeah. My question is, why are <laughs> The likes of Troy and Chad in drama class. This is homeroom. Home. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Does that make that sense? makes a lot more sense? Do they all have similar last names? No. Okay. Because <laughs> because so, Bolton because we hear Bo- Bolton and Danforth, Danforth which in is this Chad. Which, is, which could be close enough depending yeah. on the size of and the high school. Sharpay and Ryan are Evans. Spoiler. Uh, Sharpay and Ryan Evans, and then Gabriella Montez. Okay, so yeah. yeah. Unless it was, oh, we got an extra seat in here kind of thing. Yeah. Um, we, oh, I, I know even we then know it, Jason's last name, and I don't think it begin, it's in the front of the alphabet. So. Even then, it doesn't really make, like, it doesn't really make sense for the homeroom teacher to, like, before anything else, be talking about signing up for musicals like there are people who are there to, like, to sign up for musicals or, or are in the drama class. Usually a homeroom teacher would be like, like, if she, if she really didn't care, she would be like, Hi, I'm assuming you all had good breaks. Then start reading names. Yeah. Well, I think, all right, we're halfway through the year. She doesn't necessarily have to read the name. She knows the the fact that she knows Troy's last name kind of thing. Uh, So Jason's last name is Cross. So that would check out. But Taylor's last name begins with an M. So probably. Is Taylor in the homeroom too? Yeah. We just haven't. We we see her kind of in the background uh, when Jason and Troy are talking. But she is there. So the big six are all in the same homeroom. Okay. Weird weird reason for your protagonist to be together. It, it is what it is. Um, do you remember at some point in our childhood, Cartoon Network made like an adaptation of Scooby-Doo where like they were all in high school and they the Mystery Incorporated people like meet in high school? And I, I remember the concept of it, but I don't know if I ever watched it. Okay. I, I did watch. It's not necessarily even about watching it because it's about the concept because I vaguely remember there being like a poll online where people could like like answer how they wanted the people to meet in the movie. I don't know where in the process of making the movie it happened. Like it was, but I vaguely remember it being like detention or like in a dodgeball game or like whatever. Like yeah. and the in the in the final result they meet in detention. But like the idea that like there's like a stock reason for people to meet in a high school movie and homeroom would be like the last on the list of like any 
<laughs> well, I think we've are, we're halfway through the. I, I think it's not so much that it's more the audience introduction to the people. The people all know each other. Yeah. Other than Gabriella. I guess the one thing that does make sense to kind of work back my point is that um, if this movie is about how they're all in like such different social groups, then they would never interact. Unless they were in, like, a homeroom or a class that they theoretically might have together. But it seems like Chad and Troy might be in, like, the mid-level classes and the Sharpay and Gabriella might be in, like, the honors class. I don't know what... I don't know about Sharpay's... Like, I'm not judging their smartnesses, but... I don't know what kind of classes Sharpay would be in. We never really broached that. If she's preppy, she's probably in, like, college prep courses at least. Yeah. But she also doesn't care. Yeah. Well, that's she might be in honors classes, but not doing well. But she just always gets puts in them because her parents like make it. So, yeah. Oh, I could definitely see that. But no, it is. It is an interesting thing to think about is how would these characters interact with otherwise? And you've places like the cafeteria, homeroom, like mingling in the hallways. Yeah. But it's funny. So we just in the last minute saw Sharpay blow by the basketball boys and now Sharpay is, like, laser-focused on Troy. Yeah, well, like, why didn't she say hi to Troy in the hallway? Yeah. Unless she's got to keep up this, I don't like sport boys except for Troy, and that's yeah. what will be nice. But even then, like, Chad and the other sport boys are still there. Yeah, it doesn't make much sense. Um, part of what Ms. Darbus does in her kind of talking bit is kind of exposit the information we need to know about the musical, wherein you can audition for it, alone for a minor role or with a partner for a major role, presumably like the two main leads, which is a weird, like, I guess that's not totally like never happened before, but not, not normal for, um, a high school (laughs) musical. Nice. (laughs) Oh no. Oh no. No, it doesn't make a lot. Like it puts the onus on the student to have a friend or a Co- and it would put a student put a student like Gabriella in a tough situation where like she could be a main role but wouldn't get the chance to audition yeah. because she isn't a, a partner. Yeah. Yeah, it is it is that is an interesting point and it definitely does skew in favor and it it's I'm assuming that's part of the plot of the movie though <laughs> like a little bit, yeah. It's just like a kind of like a plot construction to make things happen. Yeah. Um also weird. We don't know what the play is yet. Do we ever know what the play is? Is it a generic play? Uh, I think so. It's or is it like a chorus line type thing? It's written by one of the students who we haven't met yet. Okay, <laughs> that's an angle. Um, all right. That's about all. I, I that's kind of what I can think of. Like we because we also don't know if they're romantic leads, um, which comes into question for Sharpay and Ryan, obviously. Yeah, <laughs> there's a lot of that. <laughs> Just wait. <laughs> Um, okay. Uh, anything else for this? No? I don't have it. Um, I don't have anything else. I don't. Yeah. There's actually less kind of introductory I... stuff in this minute than in the last minute. Yeah. But now we can talk about our decom of the week. Dun, dun, dun. Disney Channel original movie from, oh, I didn't look up the year, like 2003 or 2004 around then. The Ultimate Christmas Present. Yeah. Might have been actually earlier. Might have been like 2001 or something. Okay. But, Do I have um, any hints? Stars Hallie Hirsch and Brenda Song as <gasps> Brenda Song <laughs> as as two as the two leads. Okay, um, sorry, um, and Brenda. it's called the Ultimate Christmas Present. Even 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 if I showed you the um 
like the poster, it it wouldn't give you anything. Okay. So I guess your job is to determine what the ultimate Christmas present is. Um, The ultimate Christmas present is friendship and family. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Spoilers. So um, I'm excited about Brenda's song, first and foremost, because she's from Sweet Life of Zach and Cody. Which connection to High School Musical. So good job, Tyler. Yeah, through Ashley Tisdale. Ashley Tisdale. With our seven degrees of Kevin Bacon. Yeah. Six degrees of, not seven degrees, six degrees of Kevin Baconing, yeah. Yes. So, let's see. Main person is not Brenda Song. Okay. I'm going by Disney and the fact they very rarely have non-white characters be their leads. Well, later on they would have Brenda Song. Be a lead and think, yeah, Wendy Wu. But yeah. that's. And, well, isn't, uh, what's the other one? The army girl, Cadet Kelly. Cadet Kelly. That's no, Hil- that's that's Hilary Duff. Hilary Duff. <laughs> I thought I thought Brenda's song was Cadet Kelly too, but she's Wendy Wu. Yeah. Um, Wendy Wu, homecoming warrior. Yeah. So can we get Wendy Wu and Spider Man <laughs> together? I like that. Ship it. Let's fan art, guys. <laughs> so ultimate Christmas present. <laughs> so main person is a little a teenage girl a teenage girl uh from a less wealthy family we'll go that route and she wants to do something very special because this is like one of her parents is very ill we'll go this route okay i'm gonna go with this and she wants to do something special because this is their last christmas together and she's like what do i do i have no money i can't do anything and she Asks she and her friend Brenda Song like try to come up with ways to give what her family would what she considers to be the ultimate Christmas present for her family in this time of potential sadness. And but she just keeps failing at everything and can't come up with anything. And like she fails at working at the local coffee shop and like doesn't do a good job waitressing and like falls and drops the tray, whatever. All these very stereotypical things. And then she, like, it ultimately comes up on Christmas and she's like, family, I failed. I didn't, I'm not able to give you anything. And they're like, that's okay. We're just happy we're all together. Okay. Um, no. That is, it's obviously wrong. Um, <laughs> um, I like my story. Different, different type of Christmas movie that you went for. Okay. Um, this is more. This is more of a comedy. Okay. Um, I I get we could give genre guidelines, but Christmas movie is kind of its own genre. So yeah. Um, because you could go like the It's a Wonderful Life kind of Christmas movie, or you could go like the Santa Claus. Yeah. Um. So came out in the year two thousand. Was directed by Greg Beeman, um, who is a kind of a I I just pulled it up. Um. Producer on Heroes and Falling Skies and so Time. TV, TV yeah, person. he's a TV guy. Okay, so Allie and Sam, Holly Hirsch and Brenda Song, respectively, are friends. It's th- 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 this one seems bad. It has a five point nine on IMDb. Um, so maybe people just like it. Okay, so yeah, they find a weather machine. <laughs> it's like a magic weather machine. <laughs> And they use it to make it snow in Los Angeles where they live. I love it. But turns out it's Santa's magic weather machine. Oh, snow. And so Santa needs to get it back. And uh, Santa has these two elves uh, played by John Sally of NBA fame. Um, I don't actually, didn't actually do too much background, but a big, a big, a big tall basketball guy. And um, 
Bill Fagerbacki of uh, SpongeBob fame. He plays, he does the voice of Patrick. I didn't know if you knew the name, but. Putting the actual, like the character name, I knew it was like SpongeBob-ish. And so the elves and Santa are looking for the weather machine. And there's also this weatherman guy who like. Wants the weather machine? Um. Yes, he la- it's later revealed that he wants the weather machine. First, he's trying to find it because he's going to get fired from his job for getting the weather wrong, obviously. Um, and then at the end, there's I guess there's... I don't really know because I haven't seen the movie, but it seems like there's a version where it's like a twist that, oh, he wants it for himself. And then you realize that this guy that you've kind of been rooting for to help help them potentially is actually a bad guy. Um, or if he's a bad guy the whole time, kind of. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, eventually, like, they all kind of meet at the same time and, like, the, like the evil weatherman gets it and tries to take it, but he, like, crashes his snowmobile into a chocolate factory. <laughs> and so Santa Claus works with the girls to get the weather machine back. Oh, they find... Santa Claus finds the girls because Allie is on the naughty list. <gasps> uh, and he's been checking people on the naughty list whom they assume have stolen the weather machine because only someone on the naughty list would have stolen it maybe and sam is actually on the nice list so i guess like yay opposites uh benefit each other so santa and the girls turns out santa had the wrong batteries in the weather machine um or something uh so they fix it which is great because um the like the weather machine had been going like had been cloudy with a chance of meatballing okay and like had been going crazy and the the snowstorm had spread to san francisco where I think Allie's dad, Allie or Sam's dad was, and so he wasn't going to be able to make it back for Christmas. Oh, no. And so I guess the ultimate Christmas present is family, as you said. <laughs> yes. Um, that was unclear in the in the Wikipedia summary, what the ultimate Christmas present was. But yes, you're kind of Santa Claus's real shenanigans story. Um, the year without a Santa Claus uh, riffing on that even. Although it's, it's not that Santa needs to learn the true meaning of Christmas, but Santa's just kind of a... He's a wise man. He's yeah, like a wise helper. Yeah, yeah. A, a static character who... I'm trying to think of what the what the analog is. Like a deus ex machina type character who's like, he's just kind of there to like push, pop up. Push them in the right direction. Yeah, to like be good, to be a good influence, and then just kind of, that's it. Um, but yeah, that's the ultimate Christmas present. Our decom of the week. So yeah, last week we did a, a spooky movie. <laughs> spooky. It was a comedy. Uh, what was the Phantom of the Multipl- Megapl- the yeah. Megaplex? Yeah. And so this week I went for a, a Christmas movie, but yeah, also this one seems bad. Yeah. Um. The ultimate question: Is it on Disney Plus? Yes, it is. Oh so boy. you can watch two thousands one hour twenty minutes of the ultimate Christmas present, oh shorter boy. without commercials, obviously. Yeah. But yeah. This has been Minute 10 and our decom of the week. Condor, where can people find us on the interwebs? They can find us on the Twitter at Amateur Nerds. Me personally at Tyler Booty, 2-Y-L-E-R-B-O-U-D-Y. You can email us at AmateurNerdsPresent at gmail.com. Uh, rate, review, subscribe. Rate, review, subscribe. Tell a friend. Yes. Very special thanks to our artist, Theo Golden, at TGoldenArt on Instagram. And our intro-outro music by Joe Winslow. You can find his work at joewinslowmusic.com. And I've been Condra. I've been Tyler Boudreaux. We are the Amateur Nerds. Yes, and if you want to get more High School Musical, don't worry, we'll be back next time. You can bet on it. <laughs>